Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Welcome to Season 1, 31, Episode 3 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. Hi, and I'm Jay. And my name is Bill. And on today's episode, Mike asks about how to transition a campaign from a low fantasy to a high fantasy one. Jan Egel from Norway updates us on his Ten Candles convention game and how it went after asking for our advice a while back. And Torlin misses our convention recap episodes and wants to talk about JackerCon. So if you'd like to contribute a question or topic to the show, please email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Please send emails. Like, you all took a vacation. I have not gotten an email since the end of last season. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Please send emails. Okay. Now, first thing that I'm very, very, very excited about. So we have started. I've been talking about the last couple of episodes. Uh, this is November. It is the first episode of November. So we are announcing our first Indie Designer of the Month. So for the month of November, <laughs> we have uh, Christina Stonebush. And she is amazing. A lot of you know them as know her as Hive Mind, and that's H Y V E M Y N D. Um, and you can find her games at hivemind.itch.io. And she is just a fantastic LGBT tabletop to RPG designer, a long member of the Happy Jacks community. She's on the Discord. She used to write in emails all the time, but now is too cool for us. Um, <laughs> and you and, and you got to follow her on Twitter. Yeah. Because oh, I'm not kidding. She's like so ridiculously prolific. I was I was cooking some food and thought about what would it be like if I did like an 8-bit dungeon crawl yes. with random tile settings. So here it is <laughs> and just starts like posting in her feed like images and layouts and rules and it's all real time. I'm like... I've been designing it for a long time, and like, damn, girl, I dig your energy. So like, good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, some of the cards that she's designed, I was like, I want to use those in my classroom. They're so nice. Mm -hmm. um, so she's uh, originally from Philly, but is now in Japan. Uh, she you, has worked as a freelancer on Monster of the Week, Tome of Mysteries, Cortex, Prime, Spotlight, Spellcot, and she contributed to the Roots of Old Kaldur, I think that's what that's mm -hmm. called, for Trophy Dark. Um, her personal work can be found at hivemind.itch.io, as I just said. And this week, we're spotlighting her game, Bright Hammer. So each week, we're going to try and mention a different game that she's worked on. And uh, Bright Hammer is a rules-light, high-fantasy game that is a single-role D100 resolution system. Um, and it's super cool. You print out, it's in, like, little booklets. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so... That's a thing. It's, she's so good at coming up with these really compact designs. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because she thinks about how am I go how could I publish this? How mm -hmm. could I put it out? And how could it still be like inexpensive for people if I did mm -hmm. physical versions? And it's really clever ways of doing that. Yeah. And yeah, the book the books are like super cool. The Bright Hammer stuff is really neat. Yeah, and she's got a little kid and I just need to like get an instruction manual on like how do you design things and have a young child? <laughs> how how do you get that done? Um but uh yeah, it's, it's made to print and play and pick up, and it's on her itch.io page. Um, and Brighthammer is like a three-minizine format, so it's like basically like their wallet-sized little booklets you can print out. There's three of them, um, and it offers a rule set that encourages like free-form collaborative role play and like for like high fantasy scenarios, which is really cool. The artwork is there. It's actually um, like a hack of a game called Sledgehammer, mm. which I don't know anything about, um, but uh, this one's much more like appealing to me this is mm -hmm. this is much more like my brand uh and it's just, it's just very cool and there's like badass woman warrior on the front which always makes me happy <laughs> um so patreons will be getting a free copy of her game bright hammer wait um, what patreons are getting a free copy free copy what um, that's insane yes. how are you not in our patreon yes well uh to be completely honest and upfront uh bright hammer is currently pay what you will so you can get it for free if you want but 
Patreons are able to get it because we are paying her, so you can go download it for zero dollars and still feel good that Christina is being supported because mm-hmm. we are paying for you to get co- for them to get copies. So if you aren't on our Patreon, you should still go and get that game, but then maybe also consider joining our Patreon so you can get cool things too. Patreons are also getting a full um, like interview with her posted. So Very cool. That's lots of awesome. information. Yeah, it's so much fun writing questions for her. Yeah. Because yeah. she has like <laughs> these other cool games that we're going to talk about in future weeks, but that. Um, our solo journaling games, but are like flip sides of the same kind of like relationship. It's very interesting. Mm. Tune in next week to hear me talk about that. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. So again, um, that's hivemind, H-Y-V-E-M-Y-N-D dot itch dot I-O for all her amazing games. Um, Yeah, she is very prolific on Twitter. She's uh, also hivemind at Twitter and Instagram. Um, And yeah, so all that information is there too. So if you go there. Cool. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Christina, for being our first Indie Designer of the Month. We were very excited to have you, and thank you for agreeing to do it first. It's always hard to be the first person. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so here's some interview questions, and here's a form to fill out so I get all your information right, and here's these things. And she was very great and patient, and thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and do email number one. Uh, it's what, yeah. oh, what, what, we're all going to join in, in the second one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The second one's long and amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll kick it off. I'll read the first one. Uh, Kimmy and crew. Hello. Thanks for the years of great conversation. I am running a bog standard D&D game on a weekly basis and want to transition from low fantasy storytelling to high fantasy storytelling. I had to look that up oh. to make sure I knew what bog standard was. Oh. Which is basically Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Right, because I hadn't actually heard that term before. Yeah, I um, wasn't familiar with it. I'm like, a oh, bog standard. Does that mean like everyone's in a swamp that you listen to the boggers when you're playing? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, but yeah, so that's really interesting. Like, I'm it's, glad it's, you explained it's, that. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. classic trope. It's like a, like just classic elves, dwarves, orcs, goblins. Like it's all very classic tropey stuff. It's a bog right. standard. Gotcha. Oh, see, and I assumed kind of like the bog because it's like low fantasy. Oh, it must be like. Farmers and like, there's no magic stuff. Yeah, right. like, it's, it's I, kind of that too. Okay, it's like both, but huh. but the things in the world are like, like classic standard tropes, Got right? It. And okay. they they and I did some reading on it, and it talks about how like, when you get out of that setting is when you break like bog standards. Like Eberron, for example, if sure. you that setting is very like almost like yeah. steampunk fantasy stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, well, hey, yeah. Warforged are cooler than elves, right? Is the vibe there. But this is like, nope, this is your like, you grew up with it, you know it. You read Tolkien, you know what's going mm-hmm. on here. Okay. Uh, but it is more, but but the low fantasy stuff is more like you're the hobbits, yeah. maybe, yeah. right? Yeah. In that kind of a setting and exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, back to the email. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem advancing the threat level for rising character levels. Goblins are replaced by orcs, orcs by ogres, ogres replaced by giants, etc. D&D works great here with the character progression tuned to match the risk progression. But I struggle to transition the story from low fantasy to high fantasy. My scope is still the same small village we started in. Young Timmy wanders off and needs to be rescued from goblins. And then Timmy wanders off again and needs to be rescued from ogres. By this time, my players would put Timmy into a pen to keep him from getting captured by giants. <laughs> Basically, what advice do you have to match the scope and tone and stakes of the game to match the rising power of my heroes? Hmm. I feel like the first thing you need to do is like bring the high fantasy to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the um, if the adventure is going to stay in the village, right? Well, there's a bigger world outside that village. Threats start coming in, and those threats are of a bigger magnitude. Yeah, well, and it's like, like get them out of the village. Like, oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, going back to Tolkien, I'm running one week, one ring, starting in a few weeks. I've been thinking a lot about this, reading all my books. Um, I've got a lot of books. Yeah, it's been one yeah. ring to unite them all. <laughs> That is so funny. Did you? I just, yeah. You know. I got here my hero. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Can that be the theme song? Yeah. <laughs> it's been. That's not the tone I was going for, though, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. But now I want to run that game, too. <laughs> <laughs> They're naked hobbits. Yeah. <laughs> Barefooted right. ladies. Barefooted ladies. <laughs> Oh okay, all right. Let's table that for the next, for the first session, for the <laughs> session. Yeah. I'm wrapped. I'm ruined. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been. Yeah. <laughs> okay. hey, Mike, look what you've done with your email already. You yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like like the hobbits, they had to get out of Hopton. There's yeah. like there's yeah. not that like 
while things can come and and hurt things there, that's not a fun adventure. Like like at the end, um, at the end of Lord of the Rings, there's some adventure there, but but the thing is like like I wouldn't even like try and like slowly scale it like. Make it high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a fucking ring show up randomly or, hey, this has been in your house the whole time and now we're looking for it and now you have to leave. Mm-hmm. But something like that. <laughs> Similar but different. I, I will make a counterpoint to that mm-hmm. by mentioning Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Okay, I was. DS9, yeah. DS9, you know, the difference between DS9 and the rest of Star Trek right, is that Star Trek, like the original series, Next Generation, and the things that preceded DS9, they went somewhere. DS9 mm-hmm. was like there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think there is something interesting about trying to kind of keep the scope in one location. And, and I, I grant that, yeah, like if you want to scale up, Chances are you are going to have to eventually push everybody out that door, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, there's there's kind of something fascinating about like, hey, here's here's your village, and you really kind of want that small life. You know, you don't want much larger than that. How can you how can you kind of continue to do that? You know, it's an I, interesting challenge of the DM. I think, yeah, or a game master, if you ask me. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like like Deep Space Nine is different because it's in one location, but it's not a a little hobunk village. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. they're in the middle of this war. It's this giant, like, like station where a whole bunch of diplomacy is happening and yeah. commerce is happening, and people are coming through all the time because it's like a transportation hub. So if you're gonna like want to do like big high fantasy, and you want to stay in one location, you need to find like, I don't know, um, what's a famous D and D. So well, help me. here's the thing, though. To 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 that point, though, yeah. the first episode. Starts off as low sci-fi because they're a station outside of a planet. Then stable wormhole. That's the yeah. like high fantasy element that comes in, and now they can go to another quadrant, and now suddenly it's like a focal point because mm-hmm. they were there. DS Nine was like trashed, right? They left there like all okay, and I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of like old westy mm-hmm. kind of vibe, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. they're going to establish a station, and they've got a relationship with the planet, and where are they going to go with this? And it was like all, boom, the ring shows up, whatever it is. Like, the yeah. big thing yeah. Yeah. is there, and you're like, oh, wow, now they're like suddenly the most important place in the galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so that, that to me, is the interesting thing with DS9. It did stay there, right? Yeah. It yeah. was, but, but they really made it a, such a big focal point. And then also just the fact that they can bring in anything. They yeah. can bring in things you've never seen before. Yeah. Right. So if you want to do that, that's a great idea. Like if you want to have something magical about something that pops up or is discovered in the village, like maybe mm-hmm. the well suddenly is a wishing well. And now everybody's coming around because they want to get wishes out of the well mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like that's a silly kind of example, but it could be fun. <laughs> um, also, thank you, James V. Uh, yeah, Waterdeep. Or Neverwinter mm-hmm. mm-hmm. are big cities in D and D settings, which I know totally. I was like, Winter Never, uh, what is it? Like something. So thank you for for that. Mm-hmm. I play D and D a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, actually, never played D and D in like a set, a, like an actual setting for D and D ever. Um, but yeah, like the same that sort of thing, like something where it's like, okay, this, and then you change the stakes because that's really the big difference. It's like, like. Having like kind of a low fantasy, you can have big stakes, but it ends up being more um, like very combat heavy often yeah, in those, yeah. mm-hmm. or, or maybe like more more like individual scale. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I think I think ramping ramping up the stakes to make it a little more cataclysmic will certainly mm-hmm. um, scale up with mm-hmm. the PCs, right? Or not even cataclysmic. Oh, like, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Just like magical. Like, it's mm-hmm. like hobbits. Technically, you look at them and you're like, hey, these are different. These are magical. They're not really, like, they, like they're the most human of all the, I mean, even more than the humans almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, of all the of all the races in Middle Earth. So, like, like having them be a little different, but then, like, so you're like, oh, they're magical, but then they're, they're not really. They're farming and there's a pig and they have horses. And right. look at them. Yeah. They like sitting and smoking. We all do that. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Um. It, it, I, the, it's really interesting. When I uh, one of your favorite shows, I know Rings Power, um, but I was was thinking about the Harfoots, and it's like they're like, oh, they're living this nomadic life, like they're like they're super in the dirt, and it's like then a dude falls from the sky <laughs> in a magic fire circle, and you're like, oh, hello, welcome to high fantasy, yeah, yeah. right, like yep. like very directly, um, and 
and the thing I will say that was interesting about that is you're watching like here's a character that the one that falls like is now going through an amnesia campaign. Yeah. Right. And you're like to try to figure out like understand what it is with and obviously has incredible powers mm -hmm. with people that have like no way to grasp what it is or really help. No. Yeah. With no, that. Not at all. And and it. It, it, that's that setup is really interesting, mm -hmm. right? We can we could have a whole podcast where we discuss how that was executed, but the setup. Oh, we could have many podcasts on that. <laughs> in, on that, a hundred percent. But the setup is really interesting. Yes, right. Because now they're suddenly thrust into this world, and not even that it was like they now have great powers, but it is there, and that has acted as a magnet to attract mm -hmm. other things. Now they combine it with travel. Yeah. Right, which is interesting. Um, another thing that popped in my head about high fantasy, um, I mentioned Eberron earlier. Eberron is a very high fantasy setting, mm -hmm. but the twist that Eberron, one of the twists that Eberron takes is that magic is incredibly common. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's not like, how do they do that? It's like people are like, all, oh, they come in and they snap their fingers and like all the Evertorch lights come on. Yeah. And, you know, just, it, it's it's just there. You come in and you don't wash your hands. There's a cleansing stone, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's it's commonplace. It's part of everything. Um, and that that makes it really interesting because it starts to be magic is a tool, right? But it's very high fantasy in the same setting. Because mm -hmm. uh, So it could even be the thing where, you know, maybe they're, they're in the town and they're out like, hey, we're, we're just going out and doing whatever our farming is or picking mm -hmm. our berries or, you know, tending our mm -hmm. land or something. And they they find something or a cave or they find somewhere and just in it are things. And, they're, and they don't yeah. even have to be like massively powerful things. They're just like, these are things that do stuff we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. How does this work? Right. And because part of it could be what you're trying to do to to if you want to ease them into a high fantasy is spark the character's curiosity and imagination, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So they get that taste and they're like, all, Ooh, I want, I want more of this. Yeah. Where, where could I, could we make more here? Do we need to go somewhere for more? Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of ways to do it. I do though, Kimmy, like when you were saying like, all, don't try to wrap them into it. Just like, <laughs> welcome yeah. to high fantasy. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you can wrap them up into it. Um, that That's not as much fun, I think. A lot of times it's like, if you decide you want to do high fantasy, like, unless you really want to make that part of the story, like they discover these things mm -hmm. and they slowly are figuring out what they do yeah. and things like that. Or if you want to do something like kind of like kicking off of that idea, like their characters now discover these magical things and then you jump forward and have them create new characters and mm. it's like mm. three generations later and they live in this very large, you know, this little village has become this very large, like magical, like metropolis. Sure. And like, they're the, like the old families who have been here since the beginning or whatever. Like that's a, that's a fun tie. And I love like generational tie-ins sure. with games. Um, something like that where it's, you have a t ramp up technically, right? But like, there's not like a wait time in the game. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like them. Kind of went back to the email where it's mm -hmm. like, how do we, how to match the scope and tone and stakes to match the rising power of the heroes? So it's, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the players are now at a point where they're like, all, oh, hey, we can do some pretty great stuff, like really interesting yeah. things. We're getting pretty powerful. I don't really know if we want to go beat up ogres or yeah. orcs anymore. Yeah, just don't want to fight, keep know. fighting those martial opponents, right? right? right. Yeah. Um, another thing is, depending, like, another way I think you could just completely throw them into high fantasy is have, like, some kind of planar rift happen. A planeswalker shows up or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a tear in space and suddenly they're thrusting the, you know, the abyssal plane. Just, like, mm -hmm. just take them, like, someplace completely different. Yeah. Like way out of their comfort zone, yeah. Where all the rules have changed, yeah. That'd be um, amazing. And then they're like, "All now, what do you do?" Right? And they're like, "All because yeah. uh, that would be." I could imagine if I was a player, like that would be ridiculously exciting, mm -hmm. right? To have that happen, you're like, "What just happened? Where are we? Where's our house? Where's my <laughs> stuff?" Yeah, like, yeah. And and just things are, you know, it's like I went from the thing to the big city, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, if they're in DD, it could even be someone comes and takes them to Waterdeep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you're yep. like, oh, what's going on here? And they're like, 
Wow, welcome to, welcome to the big city. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, would be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I always love the the country mice and the in the city. Oh, type, sure, like, yeah, story. yeah. That's fish out of water, kind of. Deal. Yeah, they're trying to get their bearings, and like they were the hot shit back in Little Nowhere <laughs> Village, and now it's like, oh, oh, you're. Oh, your little oh, that's so cute. That's, oh, that's great. He, Mike doesn't talk about that, but like, if they're not, like, make them the big shit in the town they're in. Right. Like, spend a few sessions, like, really raising them up to where mm. they're like, all, yeah, mm, who runs Barter Town? They're just cruising around. It's great. And yeah. then, boom, put them slugged to this altar. People are like, oh, can you get out of the way? Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're meeting higher level threats and they're being used to higher level fantasy stuff, mm-hmm. but they're still like, getting that like that second stage growth thing that's sure. really cool yeah, that is really awesome mm-hmm. that's, that's a great idea did you have another thing uh, no no i guess it all really depends like i guess to me the answer lies on whether you want to do it gradually or whether you want to do it abruptly yeah you know what i mean so and if you really want to keep them in the town there's ways to do that too yeah like a lot yeah. of stories like pull them from the town one thing i really love um uh the game skyrim which i adore <laughs> but like in the Skyrim, there's all these little towns, mm-hmm. and it's like suddenly dragons are introduced back into the world. So and so now you go from little town to little town, like trying to defend them. So maybe that's what happens. Like they yeah. if they are if they are very passionate about staying in this town in this area, the little kingdom, whatever it is. Like have some wild big thing that like is like from legend. Yeah. Introduced and now be like fairly common in the area that they have to like be patrolling for. They have to learn about these things and how to stop them, you know, so they have a higher level threat that's much more high fantasy, Mm -hmm. but they're still like like protecting their town. Yeah. And they might have to go to Waterdeep to find out like how how do you kill a dragon? You know? Fushoda, yeah. what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> just kidding. They're very, yeah, you get it if you played. Um, <laughs> you know, and then they come back and like, but so they have all these bits of the adventure to try and put together this puzzle of how to solve whatever problem you introduce. Mm-hmm. But it's always more fun to me. I think like everyone's like, oh, there's a dragon attacking the town. It's like, well, that's not funny because there's only one. Like, if you right. make dragons like a thing that's now in the world or whatever, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be dragons. But, you know, this is a thing that's now everywhere. So it's not, you're just killing one. You have to discover a way to fight these things that then you can pass yeah. on to other people. So it is right. a larger level thing. Um, something like that. I know dragons in D&D are very different than they are in Skyrim. <laughs> but that's a good example. Gets the idea across. Um, another thing that I could think of is uh, if you want to keep them in the town, let the town grow with them. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that they mention in like the DMG is for let the players have a visible effect on the world that they inhabit. So mm-hmm. when they accomplish things for the town, the town changes with them and grows with them. Mm-hmm. More people, mm-hmm. more people come to it. And that draws, you know, different ideas, different elements, different threats. Uh, and as the town grows, um, the characters kind of have to deal with that growth as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I I actually like when you talked about the dragon idea, it was like they they could be out somewhere, they're doing their grave stuff and they I'm sorry. Find, and, and when who talked about the dragon when idea? When you did, when you when oh, Kimmy I talked you said about the dragon do. thing. I'm like, I'm sorry, do. what? Who who's who's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Continue. Don't don't dead name the podcast. We uh <laughs> we uh no, when when you, when Kimmy okay. talked about uh dragons, I immediately thought of like Oh my God! What if they found a dragon egg? Mm. They they have now some time where it hatches. They're raising everything, and then a few sessions later, they go out and they find. Now they know what they are like a bunch of dragon eggs mm-hmm. that have all opened. Yeah, shells. Yeah, shells. Yeah. Right, and you're like, oh, now there's a bunch of them out there, and somebody laid them. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and so like yeah. it starts with them going like, "Oh, whoa! Look at this super cool thing we got! Yeah. Oh, we got a pet! We, we have got a pet! pet. Yeah. Oh my god! And it's, it's a, a dragon! That's crazy! Okay. And then that turns into like a little dangerous. Oh my but it's god! Still cool. We're super screwed, right? And, and the <laughs> yeah. more they see the dragon maturing and being a pet, but dangerous, yeah, because it's a dragon Eating livestock, right? And, like, then they realize, sheep, oh, yeah. there's a lot of them out there. We have to figure out how to stop that. Yeah. Right, and it's a very personal hook, too. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. crazy. It goes, it goes from the individual scale again yeah. out to, yeah. like, the bigger, grander yeah. world scale. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah. that's, that's good. Um, I was going to say something I forgot. Oh, okay. Cool, good job. <laughs> Yay, it was. Thank <laughs> you, Mike. Thanks. Thank you for the email, Mike. Yeah, yeah, very good. And, yeah, okay. 
Uh, oh, oh, I know what it is. Okay. Mm. Um, I loved your idea, Jay, of like building the village with the world. Um, if you wanted to, like, obviously that's something as a GM you can just do. But there are some really great mechanics with that in um, a PBTA game called Stone Top. And also, Free League pub publishing games, a lot of their their games, um, yeah. like um, the one that Dave just ran, Basin, Basin has mm. that, and a bunch of their games have like like building on like whatever the base yeah, town Yeah, Blades in the Dark does that too, yeah. right, mm -hmm. where you, you have a, a, a HQ, a location a layer, yeah. mm -hmm. and as you get experience and everything, you're dumping points into changing that and your influence and what you can do and those yeah. things. Yeah, that's really, it's really cool. I've been... I've been Side, not sideways. I've got to be a pretty parent to the players. Everybody who's in my Eberron home campaign, which you all are on the podcast at various stages, <laughs> Dave and Tyler and Kurt and Elspeth. Um, they started in a town that was kind of near the border of a war that just recently ended. Mm -hmm. And this, and the whole premise is like you're in the town of Atheron. It is rebuilding from the war, mm -hmm. right? And as the players have been rising in level and rising in prestige and everything. There have been things getting added to the town and people mm -hmm. coming into the town and trade routes getting reopened. And it and it's very much paralleling the player levels as they go up. Mm -hmm. Um to the fact where they I think they kind of just realized a few sessions ago, they're like, oh, they were like, oh, we're gonna have to go and they still want to, like, but we're gonna have to travel to go sell some mm -hmm. of these items. Mm -hmm. And then one of them was like, Oh, oh, this new shop opened, I'm gonna visit it. And it's like Oh, this is like a pretty powerful mage that just opened a hmm. shop <laughs> here. Oh, oh, I guess I could maybe, maybe I could just go to them with some of this stuff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's kind of the thing where I'm trying to grow it with them. Um, but it's also exciting because they, they at the same time realize they're not a massive place, yeah. and they've now started to get exposed to like, oh yeah, there's this other town that that mm -hmm. you could probably go to. Yeah, that's like you you have like twenty thousand people here. Yeah, there's like three hundred fifty thousand right, people right. in that. Town. Have, it's they have bigger fish in that pond. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bigger yeah. pond with bigger fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah, but it's that's a that is a great that's a great suggestion, Jay. It's a great mechanic. Mm -hmm. Like take the opportunity to make their place bigger too mm -hmm. to yeah. grow with them. Yeah, yeah. and if you yeah. want mechanics for it, like look at some of these games because mm -hmm. you might be able to grab some stuff and adapt it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's it's great and it builds ownership and like. It's 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 important if you it's only if you really want them to stick around. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't give yeah. them the toy to like make improvements and then like oh now you're leaving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so. the and the crazy thing is check in with your players. Yeah. Exactly. Ask them what they want. Yeah. Do. do you guys want to stay mm -hmm. here? Do you want to go out and adventure in the greater world? Like mm -hmm. you know, let them know. I I want to be kicking us up into you know transition from a low fantasy to a high fantasy. Mm -hmm. Are you on board with that? How do you want that to feel? And then when you do it, whatever it is, that's, then they're going to be super on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. Awesome. All right. I'm glad I thought of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good little addition. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Mailbag number two. And yeah, we're going to have to like... <laughs> we'll split yeah. this one up. This is tag team. Yeah. Jay, you want to uh, Yeah, I'll kick it. Okay. Hello, Captain Kimmy and the crew of the spaceship Happy Jack. Woohoo! Strap in for a long email. Remember to hydrate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Some episodes ago, I got tons of good advice when I asked for tips when it came to running 10 candles for the first time. I figured you maybe wanted to know how it went. Yeah. Short version, it was awesome and amazing. Woohoo! Yeah. Longer version, we started off with a problem. Someone missed the part about needing darkness and had, uh, and had out up lights we couldn't shut off in the tent we were supposed to use. Uh-oh. In a bit of panic, I ran around trying to find somewhere else to sit, and lo and behold, what did I find? On the other side of Gildenhallen, the meat hall, there were several small Viking tents. Oh, yeah. It's so, a little bit of context for this. Yeah. From before, mm -hmm. if you missed this. So, um, uh, he's in Norway, and he's running at a convention that was literally taking place in a big Viking hall, like yeah. a, a remade Viking hall. So... Coolest place ever. Right. To it's like a con during like Viking Fest or yeah. something. Yeah. At, at a Viking mead hall. Yeah. yeah. It's like the yeah. whole thing. So so it it's not as random as it sounds in this moment. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Continue. Okay, so several small Viking tents. They'd been put up by reenactors and hadn't been taken down yet. So me and the five players crammed ourselves into the small tent, sitting on pelts on the ground. Awesome. God. 
using a small bench as a table for the candles and the old cast iron pot be used to burn our paper in. God, it's like just amazing smart. You I can know. just stop right there and be like, greatest game ever, yeah. 10 so candles. I have a game of this, today's game of 10 candles is in my, you know, yeah. one bedroom apartment <laughs> on top of my Ikea table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Um, outside, the wind howled and rain pelted the tent. We were a bit away from the Gildenhallen, so we could only hear the faintest voice, uh, the faintest of voices and laughter. None of us had ever played 10 candles and only a couple of us knew each other. We started with a safety briefing, using lines and veils, and then we started creating the characters. I had not told them about the part where they had to pass the vices and virtues to others, mm. and they loved that reveal. We ended that part with recording the message they hoped the wind would pass to someone, anyone. It was halting and giggling. Nobody knew exactly what to say. It was perfect. That's amazing. We played for over four hours. In the heat of the moment, I screwed up the rules a bit, and instead of just re-rolling ones when they burned a vice slash virtue, I had them re-roll every die. Mm -hmm. Made things go a little longer than it should, but that didn't seem to matter to my players. And as the tent got darker and darker, the tension in the players rose. That's the best part. And how is so good about, like, very slowly and organically building that tension. And mm. there's just so many little mechanics and little design elements that, that just facilitate that so perfectly yeah and and i mean like i know it's supposed to happen in darkness right but mm -hmm. but it sounded like the tent was actually changing because i mean i imagine if the lights still up you probably only get so much darkness in the tent. right well I mean, the, so yeah the way yeah, 10 yeah. candles works is you've got 10 candles that are lit. oh right and they go off and one you have to one. blow yeah. them out yeah, yeah, yeah. or if someone moves too fast and one blows out oh like, sure you end the game when the last one goes out okay i haven't played 10 candles yeah in case, in case anybody you know <laughs> Yeah, it's, full disclosure. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, and it's one yeah. of those things where it's like you get very precious with those candles, and there's like three left, and you're just like, oh gosh, okay, and then someone like will be like, oh here's my, oh oh no, it blew out, no. like just by accident. It's so good. And eventually, right, they'll burn out. Yeah, you're like, supposed there to. There a certain height you're supposed to use. You're right? supposed to use the tea candles. Right, I haven't mm -hmm. played either, yeah. but I'm so into this game. Yeah. I right? know, yeah. I've heard so many things about it. Yeah. I really, really want to try it out. Yeah, and anyone who's like burned tea candles like yeah. in mm -hmm. their incense or whatever, I like it, like they have a they have a shelf life. Like yeah. Yeah. they only burn for so long. So if you take too long, like they eventually like burn out completely. And it's just it's wild. It's so good. That's awesome. It's so good. I, I don't know, like I know, I'll use candles as a mechanic. So right, a good, good idea. Yeah, so yeah. So perfect. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the playtest for that was like. Oh, these 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 voters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like voting the, taper the, candles for long. Things aren't just gonna like, work. Hour sixteen, like, oh <laughs> god, get somebody, please. Yeah, or are they use like courting candles? <laughs> they use those like true oh, birthday candles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're immortal. This is the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For those of you who aren't like history reenactment nerds, courting candles are candles that are mm -hmm. on like a, a special um, holder where you can roll them up or down so the tire <laughs> yeah, above yeah. or below. Um, right. And supposedly they were used like when when a gentleman was coming to court a young lady, her family would decide, okay, do we like you? And then they like like give you more time to <laughs> hang out or like oh we don't like you very much you're gonna like move the candle down <laughs> yeah, so you sure, had, yeah. Sure. yeah that's the i don't know if that's actually that's like the myth of them that's why that they're called candles. Me. Works. yeah, yeah. Right, right. yeah exactly. interesting adjustable you know 10 candle game how long do you all want to play? <laughs> let's see yeah um they fleshed out the dark world dead ravens rained from the sky Finble winter started shadows and almost imperceptible voices taunted them as they lost their horses the people they tried to protect. Uh, as they lost their horses, the people they tried to protect ran from crazed priests trying to sacrifice them to appease the gods. And on the sky, a red two-tailed orb flew slowly over them. All of this was truths my players told. They found their way to Kalpanger, wounded, cold, and weary, the safe haven they had sought. But as they gained control of fire, the town burned down around them. Another truth. They found a stone building and tried to hide from both shadow and flames there. When something tried to get into the building, they found a trap door down, a down to a tunnel. A tunnel lined with skulls that turned to watch them as they ushered the few remaining villagers they tried to protect down the tunnel. Bugs started appearing. A swarm of creatures that pushed them to the limit. Until they ended up in a larger room far underneath the city. 
a room filled with treasures pillaged from far away, silks and spices, oil and weapons. The party found ceremonial mead. They used the oils and spices to paint runes upon their foreheads and turned to the only entrance. Shadows trickled in, taking shapes of people they had known, people who had died during the trip, people they had lost. And with a shout for Odin, Thor, Tyr, Freya, and even Loki, for Valhalla and the ends of the world, they charged the shadows. The little lost dancer girl with her tiny dagger, the serf who had grown to a leader holding his shield and axe, the golden-haired girl who just wanted to be loved, the grizzled and traumatized warrior, and the stoic sheep herder. They took their last stand there. As I pinched out the last candle and we sat in darkness, they each described their character's last moment. The final sound the surf heard was, was his father, calling from beyond, telling him how proud he was. After a couple of seconds of silence, I started the recording they had done earlier, and the giggling, unsure voices rang out in the darkness. The only thing... Uh, other sound was the wind and the rain against the tent. And the players started applauding. That's a first for me. Okay. Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm wow. applauding. Yeah. I'm gonna, like, I like that first. Uh, amazing reading. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Because I'm there. I, I've got goosebumps yeah. right now <laughs> I like hearing the story of this game. Like, oh my oh God. Oh my God. That was, yeah. It was just a journey, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I need this, Wonderful. and I need you to do the audio reading of it, like oh, the sure. audiobook version. <laughs> Damn. Okay, that was very good. Okay. Whew. All right. Uh, yeah. That, and that, uh, amazing. Like, so, so cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Just all the story. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll talk about it. Go ahead and finish the email. It was such a great experience. Horrifying in the best way, made worse by the players, truth by truth. Things just flowed. At one point, I was describing how black shadow or smoke was rising from a corpse that started moving. I dragged my hands over my face to show, and a couple of players screamed. Did you do that on purpose? Did you plan this? One of them asked me and pointed to my face. I had been pitching out candles with my fingers and handling an old cast iron pot. I did not realize my hands were full of soot, and as I described the shadows rising from the corpse, I'd inadvertently painted myself in the same way, stealing that, that idea. Is intense. Oh my like, god! Yeah, I'm totally doing stealing that on purpose. That at some idea. Point. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Oh my god! Wow. If you're still reading this, have a drink. Yeah. yeah I need a mm -hmm. gotch. Forget a water. I know. God. Mm. Wow. So good. <laughs> I messed up the rules. I probably talked too much at times when I should have let my players talk. And it was still the most amazing roleplay experience I've had. And I'm lucky enough that my players enjoyed it as well. I'm not sure what advice I would give other new GMs who want to run 10 candles. It might be to be even more clear than I was that the characters will die. One of my players was unused to TTRPGs, but had played a lot of board games. And that could be felt in the first couple of truths. It didn't take too long before she stopped trying to win, thankfully, because that could have been a bit of a problem. As it was, it ended up just flavoring the story in a pretty cool way. Besides that, my biggest advice is to watch Jennifer Kretschmer's video about 10 candles yeah, Jen. on Matthew Colville's YouTube channel, optional, and just run the game, not optional. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all your great advice. If we had... If we had the budget, we would definitely fly Happy Jack's crew over for next year's Midgard oh. Con. That would be so awesome. Midgard Con. Mid I know. Yeah, I know. Just the name of it. Midgard <laughs> Con. Perfect place to run. Yeah. Times. Um, if you if I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this out there, if you if you bring Kimmy, she's got the right costumes to wear. <laughs> you have like yeah, all of your like Midgardian. Con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, by the way, thanks for mentioning that because Jen still has a couple of my costumes that I need to text her and come oh. back. <laughs> yeah, she's got some of my flapper outfits that she used for something oh. a while ago. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, as it was, we had two Norwegian RPG podcasts do live shows there. Drager Og Drotner, who improvised songs while they play, and Wurtshuset, 
who's a more advice and discussion show. What I'm trying to say is that you people would fit in perfectly. <laughs> and even if we didn't, I sure love to go to MidgardCon anyway. <laughs> yes, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Keep up the good work uh, giving us advice, listening to our triumphs and horror stories, sharing our uh, sharing your own stories, and being a shining light in an increasingly dark world. Oh. Sincerely, John Eagle from Norway. Uh, roguish librarian on Discord. Woo. Still GM high from this session. P.S. I'll add a verse from... Okay, um, my... Uh, <laughs> It's no My Norwegian is not particularly good. Havemil. So, uh, Havemil, okay. I'll, I'll add a guess from Havemil that fits pretty well. You can try to read the original or the translated one. Dør fe, dør frendar, dør sjolv det sam, or same, men ordet umdeg, aldri dør, vin du et gitord gift. That is... So much better than I would have done. <laughs> Cattle die, and kinsmen die, and so one dies oneself. But a noble name will never die if good renown one gets. Skull. Wow. Skull. <laughs> Skull. Okay. All right. Ooh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, what a great story. Yeah. And, and it's amazing because, like, you feel by the end, like, like, and this is like the magic of Ten Candles and a lot of RPGs, but Ten Candles especially. Like, you can sit down with strangers at the beginning of Ten Candles, and that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really know each other. It was a con game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming they have signups and stuff. And, like, by the end, they were all, like, in it yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Like, you are surviving or not surviving is really how mm-hmm. it works. But, like, you're th- you go through this together, and by the end of it, it's like you are a group who have, ex- like, experienced a thing and it's just amazing. It's it's yeah. so amazing. It's so good. <laughs> There's really something about games that in a in a not negative way but tell you like the end of this game ends in failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it it's really freeing. I've yeah. never played Ten Candles, but I've played a lot of Fiasco. Yeah. And you just know it's like, that's. there's a reason it has that name. Yeah. Right? And you're like, oh, yeah, everything's going to go super sideways yeah. by the end. Yeah. Right? And you're like, so you just, so it gives you the freedom mm-hmm. to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I expe- even more so after listening to this, like, mm-hmm. I super want to play Ten Candles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. We should do another one. We streamed a, a game of it, but it was like eight, a while back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. Like it was years ago, uh, but yeah, it's it's a little hard to do because you have to have sunlight to film it. Yeah, <laughs> but it but you can do it, and it's it was cool. Yeah, and and it's just it's so good with the way it builds the tension and the truths are so powerful, hmm. and the way that that it works and the way you you record them and you don't necessarily like hear all the truths until the end. Oh sure, and yeah. stuff like that. So it, it's it's just. It's just a masterpiece of design, and I've actually never... I've played Ten Candles quite a few times, and even when, like, no one's really planned anything, it's like, you know, oh, it's like, you know, hanging out at someone's house, we're drunk, it's 1230, (laughs) we don't want to go home yet, let's play Ten Candles. And it all still always ends up really great. Yeah. It's so good. And uh, I hate to break to you, but, like, the GM high will never go away. Like, in 20 years, you're going to be telling people about this game, yeah. and you'll get that rush of, like, it was so amazing. You get a little goosebump feeling, and, like, those moments, like, they don't they don't go away, and that's, yeah. like, the this magic of mm-hmm. TTRPGs is mm-hmm. this, like, experience. Sorry, I'm nerding out about the thing yeah. we all love. No, all good. So good. I mean, you should start a podcast or something. I know. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Right? Try to find some like-minded people. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is just how I have friends. I'm like, oh, I eat. You're my friends now. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> You'll go along with me playing this game where we use candles and we yeah. snuff them out. You know? Yeah. I have a so, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you have to come over to hang out at the podcast. It's not because I want you to come out with me. <laughs> but uh, I think that one of the cool things about this story is um, I've never played Ten Candles with a, a like a Ragnarok theme. Mm. But oh, it's sure. also interesting that they, because it, it's, it's like a Assuming, like not knowing who who all the players were, but it's a big part of their culture. Mm-hmm. So it's something that is very personal to them and mm. that they know a lot about too. And I feel like that Ten Candles has like a special power, especially when you have that when there's like something that 
like binds all the players similarly together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't played a Ten Candles game that's kind of ended up that way. Mm. And I wonder like how much more powerful that would be than mm. just like even just reading it and how they all like immediately clicked in with this like shared lore from their homeland. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very cultural specific thing, culturally mm-hmm. specific thing, right? I would I would imagine that like a lot of games of 10 candles that you've played are probably a little more pop culture influenced. Yeah, like well, and like a lot of times I it ends up being like like the threat is kind of developed yeah, as you play, sure. but like mm-hmm. a, a couple times like it's been like like aliens mm-hmm. or like horror, but it's like one one of them ended up. I don't think it ended in a movie theater, but we were like holed up in a movie theater for a while mm-hmm. and things like that. So it was ve- so it's always been a little more modern. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. We were like running like one of them ended up in like Vegas, and we were like uh. in this old like it was an old. It was like in this abandoned casino, yeah. and we were trying to get food there and still fight off. I don't remember what it was that for that particular one. Yeah, um, but I've never done one that's. In the past, for one, I think that's a really mm-hmm. cool take on it. And also done one where everyone at the table had like a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know yeah. if that's on purpose because it's like, oh, it's just, and that's boring, like just stuff. Or like, because we play so many games that are kind of in historical or fantasy, historical based type games. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's, oh, we're going modern with this. Or I don't know. It's just interesting. It, it, that shared that shared experience. I don't know if people might want to avoid that because you you are doomed. Like there's no mm-hmm, way to mm-hmm. win ten candles. Yeah, and that might be hard for some people if it's something that's that close to you, and it's something that's really part of like your heritage and in your day to day kind of life. I don't mm-hmm. know. The thing I think that to that point, but the the shared heritage and what they were definitely tapping into right at the end when they're calling out for Thor and Freya yeah. and even Loki's like it was Valhalla. Right, they mm-hmm. know they're going to die, but it's like they're also going to transcend. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So that's mm-hmm. the shared part of the culture that 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 interestingly is like. I wonder if that was like a light in that darkness, mm-hmm. not the darkness they're in here and yeah. what happens there, but the fact that there's the promise mm-hmm. of of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, if it was Ragnarok, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But even the fact that it's 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 not culturally, it's not the end. Mm-hmm. of things it mm. is the it is the the bridge to a new yeah a new beginning right? yeah. Yeah. yeah um and so that like that's really interesting yeah i'd be i'd be really interested to now i'm really thinking about like how would people from shared cultures that have different views yeah. on mm-hmm. death or right. you know interact with this game yeah and, yeah and play that yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of those things that we I, and it, maybe it's just because to say keep safe distance from it because it is it can get very personal mm-hmm. and like you said you have to make super clear and I think this is one of the things we suggested up front is like you have to let everyone know they're gonna die mm-hmm. like if you can before they sign up for this game because it's not right. yeah. something everyone's cool with uh, masterful game but you know not everyone's into that it's or in particular cons when you're sitting down with strangers it can be really heavy to, mm-hmm. to deal with that um, but. I'd always like we've always like in the games I've played, people have like made light of death or been like the macho American no and like mm-hmm. going out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't actually touched on like the religious belief elements that, that I can recall. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if that's just for time because that ten like role playing mo- moments like that happen, but because you've got this time limit just by default of candles burning mm-hmm. you know if if moments like that tend to get skipped or if people automatically because it's it's a very vulnerable moment like kind of pull away from that sometimes where mm-hmm. if you're in a longer form campaign you can kind of build up that relationship and have those those role playing moments cuz mm-hmm. you know your impending doom is not right there usually yeah right. you're not literally looking at the, the at the the sand and the hourglass as it yeah. were right so yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting kind of like philosophical thought experiment on ten candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like that the Valhalla aspect is that's interesting kind of mm. observation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the premise of Nine Lives to Valhalla, right? right? So this is right. ten candles to Valhalla. <laughs> yes. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Ma- wonderful mashup game of death metal cats, like. You know. uh, anyway, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, no, but that's that's another one of those games where you just tell players, you know, listen, you're gonna die, yeah, and just right. lean into it, right. you know, lean but into it. And it's it's uh, a, a quiet year is another like yes. you're gonna play this, oh, yeah. and and at the end, a catastrophic event happens. Yeah, it's just the way it is, right? Uh, and but it's but it is so interesting because it's you. I think for after a while, and I could imagine in ten candles, it's because it's right there, it's mm -hmm. always in your mind. Yeah. But even when we were playing Nine Lives from Valhalla, like, I'm not necessarily tracking exactly how many I have left. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. kind of picked up and you forget, and then you're like, oh, 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 I uh, like, you know, I, I think we're all dead. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you kind of get to that <laughs> right. point, like, oh, oh yeah. right, that, that was a big fight. I, yeah. yeah, we all we all beefed it, Yeah, you know? Um, but I, so that's the thing I think is also really intriguing and is so brilliant about the, this game design is that, there's a constant visual reminder. Yeah. And you're seeing it happen mm -hmm. and you're like, you're three, and you're into two, and you're just like, well, not oh, even man. just the visual reminder. Like, literally, the mm -hmm. darkness closes in around you. Yeah. yeah. Like, the room gets darker as you play. So you just feel like this presence of darkness increasing as your doom draws near. It's like, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. Sorry. It's like, especially now, like, when I started playing it, I was not designing games mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is really cool this is great but now as a game designer as I'm trying to come up with cool things and I'm just yeah. like this is so inspired like and then right. and you're just like was that person like I forgot the designer I apologize but like was the person like thinking oh, okay you're, they're gonna burn out and or were they thinking the darkness will close in around them right. yeah. you're just like oh, that's so good yeah <sighs> someday I might come up with one idea that might be that good. That's right. That's the that's yeah. the whole thing you strive for. You do game yeah. design. You sort of that one thing, one thing where like years later people are like, "Oh, this, yeah. Yeah. that thing," and you can just make all. What'd you do? Oh uh, yeah, that candle mechanic, ten candles. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. like everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. All right. Last one. I guess I'll read this one. Mailbag number three. Greetings, Kimmy and the gang. So, longtime fan, managed my, to work my way back to the very beginning at one point, and I am so happy that Stu is doing what he needs to do, and the podcast is continuing under new management. Kudos to you all. One thing that I always liked was the wrap-up live podcast from the various cons the Jackers would attend. Maybe you could see where I'm going here. We just had JackerCon. This is from a little while ago. Um, I would love to hear wrap-ups slash post-mortems of those. How many players? How many GMs and games? What systems? Any cool stories? Maybe a guest from the awesome GMs? Keep those dice rolling. Yours, Torlin. P.S. How did a stork from a fellow Portlander? Mm. End games rocked. P.P.S. Drink. Okay. Woohoo! My last little... Yeah, that has been weird. Like, like for so long, like I almost like tracked the years by like three cons a year. Mm -hmm. One in the fall, one in the spring. Like it was like, and like we just haven't had them. Yeah. So yeah. that's been super strange. Um, we did have JackerCon, and it was amazing. I think we had eighteen games that were run that weekend. Crazy cool. So good, and um, yeah, we we some people were talking about it in the Discord. You know, the mm -hmm. JackerCon Discord is a separate Discord. Um where we just run games because there's a bunch of bots there that help with that stuff that we don't need and just like hanging out with each other. Um, and that's up still all year and people are still using it like often to run games there. Um, I I think I talked a little bit about, um, I was in an Alice is Missing game. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was almost in that, I was in that game mostly because I just wanted to see it. Like everyone's been talking about Alice is Missing and it's, it's a wild game. And it, it's mm. like, I know I talked about it a lot right after but uh, it, it's like more LARP almost than role-playing mm. game. And we ran it, I, it was run online um, by Lloyd, who's amazing and actually gonna be running a game coming up very soon on our channel. Nice. I was like, you're amazing. Oh, you live in London. Okay, so it'll be a remote game then, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it was in London, but like, he's got the very charming accent. And, uh, it was it was really interesting. Like it's it's a it's a, also a timed game, like similar to Ten Candles, mm. but it's got a soundtrack you play. Mm. <laughs> so you have to go and you have to play like the YouTube video while you play. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, at different points, like the sound like is part of it, and the mm. sound like ramps up. And it, I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting game. Um, so I had a really good time. I learned a lot about. Like game design from observa mm -hmm, observations mm -hmm. of it, so that was very very cool. <coughs> yeah, 
And um, we're hoping, we just did a, our first, a couple of us did the last con. So we're hoping like the next one to maybe go back to doing a live show at, you know, at the end of the con again. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, the, that's the biggest thing I've missed is just like, for the last three years, like being in the same room with people and playing and, you know, even yeah. hanging out, like doing this is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just that idea of <laughs> we Thursday night is our is our Eberron night, which is a, an online game. Um, and because we're using Zoom, I was trying to describe something and Elspeth, uh, my wife picks up picks up this this barrel like a five gallon barrel and I'm like yeah it's it's much heavier than you would expect and she's like oh is it so not like it's water I'm like well no no something else she's like well I want to shake it and so I said I said okay you shake it and it goes like but Zoom would not play that sound it was oh, reading, sure. it was reading that as being like something just ambient noise or something yeah. it's just like uh, it doesn't sound like anything I'm like no no it's just like she's like and she's like I I I can't hear you Zoom's filtering it so. Because we're in the same house, I got up, walked over to her to her <laughs> space where she's got that, and I opened the door, dropped something, was all, and then closed it, and then walked back over to my space, and then so she's telling everyone like, all, yeah, it sounds like like maracas. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh right, I could just okay, describe yeah. it that way. Right, right, like, yeah, 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 Shaky egg, Bill. Yeah. Shaky yeah. egg. Yeah. But I was just, but then I was like, oh, that's like what a, what a weird thing that just would not be a problem if you're all at the same table. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and there was like another thing that she saw in my in my study, and she's like, "Oh, she's like, oh, what is this?" I'm like, "I got that to use as a mini if we ever all played in the same place, but I don't think we're gonna." She's like, "It's cool. We should put it in the yard." I'm like, "Okay, that sounds great." <laughs> um, but yeah, like I wait. I'm sorry. There's a mini we're gonna use that you want to put in the yard. It's a skeleton dragon. Oh, it's like this big. <laughs> it was that. It was like three years ago for Halloween. I oh. saw it somewhere, and yeah. it's and it's basically a dragon, but it's a skeleton, and it yeah, looks super sure. cool, and it's like this big. That's awesome. And I wanted to be like, like a dracolich in there. Yeah, like, yeah. And people are like. <laughs> uh, but I was like, yeah, that probably will never happen. Uh, so why is it just sitting in my office on a shelf? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I can't wait to go to cons and yeah. see people again. And especially, um, like, we're, I think, really blessed by having an amazing community. Mm -hmm. uh, and that yeah. people have come out to cons and are like, this yeah. is a big trip I've made. And get to meet them and, yeah. you know, put put names to faces and things like yeah. that. I miss that more than anything, I think. Like, I, I, yeah. I miss playing the game. It's fun running games. But... Like meeting people, and and I don't know if people have noticed. I like collecting friends, <laughs> but like and like at the last con, we met this amazing amazing guy named Dan, who just jumped in on one of my Starscape games. And yeah, sure, your game ended early. I can run Starscape for nine people at once, no problem. Jump on in, <laughs> and actually ended up working great with the story. But you know, he's super cool and he may come in and join us sometime and stuff like that just because it's so, it's such a great place to like organically meet like-minded people. Sure. And yeah. when you're sitting at a table and you're running a game or you're playing a game, you can like really like, oh, you and I like the same things with gaming. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is yeah. so much fun. So it's a really great way to kind of, not like audition, but like filter people. Yeah. It's like, okay, first we're all here because we like the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then as we play, you can find people who like the same things about the same thing yeah, that you like. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. doing the, the same way so as you do. And enjoy just, playing the way you do. Yeah. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. just such a great way to make friends. It's yeah. like when I w used to go to, to Comic-Con and stuff and it's like cosplayers, oh, that's amazing outfit. Oh, that's amazing outfit. And like 45 minutes later, you're like, we're mm -hmm. best friends now. Yeah. And you're both still saying, they're like, oh man, my feet hurt because I'm in heels. Why do they make all the heroes have heels? Um, that's what it looks, sorry, that was very yeah, deep cut. <laughs> but going deep. Yeah, that's what those are co cosplayers like bond over. Like, what what tape did you use to keep your boobs up? Like, what did, <laughs> it, it looks amazing. You've been here for like five hours. That's so good. Um, also, honestly, true conversation I had. Um, <laughs> things like that. Like, like have like these these places where we all go. Like listening to podcasts. Even now, like Discord and stuff. Like. Finding like self-selecting into different groups of people is it's just so ma magical and powerful. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and yeah, and like you were saying, like people coming who like normally like we wouldn't get to meet. Yeah, yeah. or normally don't get to see. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we're lucky that here in LA we've got three cons that happen regularly every year. Most yeah. cities will have like mm -hmm. a con, right? Like right. a big con, uh, and then we have the different 
locales around LA that within a few hours drive where they have three cons happening a year, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, and you see the people you only see at cons there, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. There's this, that's, that's the great thing about the community too, but, um, yeah, that's you know, the there's funny that thing. regularity <laughs> of it, right? That you, right. you know, oh yeah, yeah, this so-and-so is going to be there. And, oh, I get to play this game with them. I get to play that game. With them. <laughs> you live five minutes from them, but that's, it's like, yeah, yeah. the <laughs> only time you see them is at <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag truth. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're hoping to have more of those stories hopefully again pretty soon. Obviously, I've been very clear about how safe I'm being, and mm -hmm. we're all being really safe here. So, obviously, it will depend on how things are going. But we're we're hopeful that it will start to be something that we're able to start like weaving back into mm -hmm. the Happy Jacks experience for everyone. And it was great, and we like we we got to hang out with some listeners at the last one, even though it was very small. Um, and then I had my giant ear filter that Nick was very nice to like help me like cart around oh, with that's me. That's cool. It was very cute. That's a good idea, actually. Even just for like regular. Yeah. cons you know mm -hmm. happening during the non-pandemic times i don't think i'll ever go to a con with an air filter again yeah it was just a, a nice fresh experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you would you'll always go to one with it or like i think i'll take it with me always okay yeah, yeah. I, heard, okay. I heard the opposite they're, they're, not they're, they're not necessarily like some of them you can get some that are not particularly huge either and so i had a cart okay but that there you go that works. Mine was rated for 900 square feet. That and it totally was works. Oh, no, wait. You know what? No no judging here. Yeah. That That's totally great. <laughs> like, All right. Is everybody ready to start handsing it? Okay, so we're going to... Uh, trust me, you won't get con crud, okay? You'll thank me after the con. No. Yeah, actually, a lot of people were like, this is a really... That's a really good idea. Like, this is what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. So I had, yeah, I had a, I had, first of all, like it, it's a, it's a smaller con and I did, I actually felt very safe there. Mm -hmm. Like as far as like the way the hotel is and they only had one or two tables in each room that were mm -hmm. playing and they're pretty big rooms. I, I would say they're bigger than my classroom. So they're definitely bigger than 800 square feet. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like 12 adults and 800 mm -hmm. square feet, which is, and it's a very highly air conditioned modern yeah. building which felt really good. And then like I had a, a fan blowing in air from like the hallway mm -hmm. and then the air filter. And I, I masked the whole time. Some yeah. people did, some people didn't. But even then, like it, it was, it felt like a very safe experience and I felt really good. And it made me like much more excited about like the upcoming mm -hmm. cons and being able to like continue going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have the big round table? So everybody actually also had a little bit of space between them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? And everyone had space and stuff like yeah. that. So that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So that's it was, good. yeah, it was great. And they were, and, and the cons like very careful about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great experience. I had so much fun running Starscape at, at, at the con. It was so nice. And it's always, always interesting to run it um, and like have new people experience it. So that was, that was really exciting too. And like, it's still still messing with some of the stuff, but but that was fun. And like I said, we got to meet new people, which was really mm -hmm. great. And people like sign up for your game, and they're just like, "What is this?" And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 all right, <laughs> you've never heard of PBTA, excellent." <laughs> so and that was that, that was a lot of fun too, and trying out new games and yeah. new people it was yeah. great. Um, yeah, and so hopefully, I'm hoping. Next con, I don't think we're ever actually going to go back to streaming games from the convention because mm -hmm. a lot of us missed it. Like we, right. like we, we stream games here all the time. Yeah. We play with each other all the time. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's yeah. like going to a convention to stream games in a room that's not as nicely soundproofed seems yeah. silly and redundant. Right. So I think we'll go back to like the formula from way before where we all just go and we run games and we play in games and then we do like the live show um, on Saturday night where we mm -hmm, talk mm -hmm. about all the games we played in or ran. So it's like we do the advice show slash like talk right. show and then we don't we don't try running games from there because mm -hmm. it was fine. It wasn't that hard. But yeah, and you can we have people come up that are super drunk in the microphone and talk about <laughs> how like character sheets are like, you know, <laughs> rules are holding you back man yeah and i know that a lot of people liked coming to the cons and like signing up for the games to play with us live but i, I you can still come play with us we're still running games yeah. yeah it just won't be streamed and i think it'll just be a better con experience for everybody mm -hmm. just more fun and that's what a convention's for it's like mm -hmm. playing with new people and not worrying about streaming so that's gonna be what we go back to all right so yeah that was a discussion about game uh, about about conventions and hopefully there's more stories coming soon and yeah ch uh, chat in the discord and stuff like that people will definitely talk to you about how amazing uh the the games were for for jackercon we 
so good. It was just, mm -hmm. I, I was so blown away. And I have thank you gifts that I'm still sending to the people who helped organize it. They've been sitting in my my house for like months now. They're packed. They're ready to go. I just have to put them in there. I have a toddler. It's really hard. Okay, people. Okay. I think we're done. Sorry. <laughs> I love you all. They'll be cool when they get here. Sorry. Uh, all right. Thank you for joining us for Season 31, Episode 3 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Uh, please visit hivemind.itch.io to support our amazing Indie Designer of the Month, Christina Stonebush. And thank you to our chat mod, James V., and our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent um, to join their amazing ranks. You can go to happyjacks.org slash Patreon. And my name is Kimmy. I'm Jay. And my name is Bill. And today we're going to leave you with a song called Heavy Mahogany. This is by some friends of ours from the Ren Fair called the Dread Crew of Oddwood. Mm. And they're like a pirate metal band, but they play acoustic instruments still. So metal music with acoustic-ish instruments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're also just like the coolest fucking guys. I love them. Okay. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, folks.